like it, tales told by beans. <laughs> I think it's simple and good. Here, let's try it out. Welcome to the Beans Talk Podcast. Where we will be breaking down our 18-month journey around the world and sharing experiences with those of you interested in anything travel. So pack your mental baggage and prepare to be transported through tales told by these two beans. Or tales told by beans. Let me try it again. So pack your mental baggage and prepare to be transported through tales told by beans. I'm not told by two beans. In a in one pod. <laughs> in, in this pod. Cast. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. <laughs> I think that's perfect. your mental baggage and prepare to be transported through tales told by these two beans in this one pod cast if we could have had your laugh at the end it would have been perfect what? if we could have had your laugh at the end it would have been perfect that one? Mm-hmm. what if I told you we do? <laughs> That little spike right there, that's probably the laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good intro. <laughs> that's perfect. I was just fucking around trying to get this shit. <laughs> I think it's good. Hey guys, welcome to the Beanstalk Podcast, where we talk about everything travel. Sharing first-hand travel advice and getting to the bottom of real-life experiences in the hopes to inspire you to get out there yourself. When did you know you were going to first start planning for this world trip? Or that you even wanted to do the world trip? <clears throat> the start of when I wanted to do this big trip, the 18-month one, was during... You said during, weird. That's how I say during. Is it? Yeah. It sounds like durian. Yeah. During. I guess it's the same word, pretty much. Sorry, keep going. It was during the Australia-New Zealand trip. But was it like while we were out there? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to say it was. I think it was. It might have been when we got to New Zealand, actually. <gasps> That's what I was and it was say. like we just experienced <clears throat> like three to four weeks of Australia. Yeah. And then we went to another country. Mm-hmm. And then it was all new, a new style, because we had rented the sleeper van. Yeah. And. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, it was. Just a new way of travel versus staying with my family. That's right, yeah. So, 
was just more travel, but also new travel, and that's just kind of what traveling is. Yeah. Is adjusting to the change of pace and getting around and experiencing that was like, I want more of this. And because. On a grander scale. Yeah, I think it <clears throat> even like what you were saying, even though we were in Australia for like, you know, three weeks, which was awesome, we were with your family the whole time. So it was like the whole we, time. we had places to be and people to hang out with mm -hmm. and so it didn't really feel that scary or like adventurous which is fun in a sense which, of itself but oh, it's, totally. um, it's it doesn't make you feel like you're in a very foreign place because there's already that comfort yeah versus you don't know anyone you don't know where things are or what is going on and yeah. you're just kind of like thrown into a, a blank canvas sort of sense yeah where you kind of have to fill the void by yourself and it's like a choose. you're you're self-reliant yeah it's a choose your own adventure kind of deal it's a yeah. lot there's a lot more freedom to it because you're you are in a new place and you're like okay well what do we do now? Whereas when we were in Australia, it was, you know, we, oh, we have to go see these people. And then they'll, you know, they had their own idea of where to take us, which was awesome because we got to see some amazing stuff that we would not have been able to see, like, no, for sure. if we hadn't had them with us. But I wouldn't want to change it. <clears throat> not at all. But, but yeah, it um, is. It's just different. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think when we did make it to New Zealand and we had this camper van, and we were kind of out on our own, and we were thinking, okay, well, where do we go? That felt like it sparked, like, this excitement of, oh, my God, I could do this, <laughs> like, for a long time, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I think once we both had had that feeling and then got back, I want to say that that was pretty much when we were like, yeah, let's work towards making this a long-term thing. And get some funds going for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just sparked the idea of everywhere you wanted to go. And I think we were looking at the cost of what we spent on that trip. Mm. And how much of it just really went to the airfare and taking mm. time off work. Whereas if we <clears throat> kind of switched the approach of it all and instead of doing a trip like that every year or even every two years, if we skipped it for a while and really saved to where we made bigger sacrifices as far as leaving our house, our job, our family, and <clears throat> instead of going back and forth and paying for that, if we really just paid for one way over and then just slowly popped around see. and made our way around um, by local transport, by that means, since we'd be over there and it's just, you know, bus or train or car or whatever, or walk, um, you could fit a lot more in, in a sense, as well as it'd be a different uh, way of travel even more so because 
you're gone for so long. There's no, it's so much different when you, when you know when you're going to go back, when you know where you're going to go to and what you're going to see, what you have planned. But if you go there and you have no idea when you're going to go back home, if you are going to go back home even, and just the spontaneity and the approach of, or just the embracing of the unknown yeah, <clears throat> I felt like it truly was kind of, we were leaving ourselves this open book to write what we wanted to as far as the trip was concerned. It was totally I, open. I know that before we had had a rough outline of where we wanted to go and uh, an estimate mm -hmm. um, of how long we wanted to go, and we kept saying you know, to friends or family, maybe a year or more. At least um, a year. At least a year, that's what we would say. And so I think that when we did start planning the outline, it changed several times. And I think that when we kept uh, honing it down to, okay, we'll spend a few months here or a month here or a few weeks here and this there we started limiting ourselves as to what we felt like we could see. And it became this really, um, like this hard juggling act. Like we didn't know, oh, well then how are we going to make this happen? Or how are we going to make that happen? So I think that when it came towards the um, departure date, closer and closer, we thought to ourselves, okay, we have kind of a, a guideline of where we wanted to go or what we wanted to see, but we know that anything can change and you never know what's going to happen or who you're going to come across or who you're going to meet and where they're going to say to go or what you're feeling at the time. So we kind of left that open, I think. You have to. Yeah. You just You really adapt and you learn to let things go and go with the flow. Yeah, for sure. Which is... Huge. It, it is, yeah. It creates a sen more of a sense of freedom, I think, when you are traveling. And there were times where we would plan to meet, you know, certain family members or friends who were going to be in the area where we were. And I think even the time crunch in that um, created some stresses along the way. But so, yeah, we, we kept a lot of stuff open. Um, but as for the, the saving part of it, like, I don't think I could have ever done that without your guidance. <laughs> I, it's hard, at least, I I'm mean, not, not for saver. me, but talking with lots of people that are interested in traveling or they just immediately almost dismiss the idea because they know that they, if they have money, they'll spend it, which is... <clears throat> just a very, I want to say just American outlook of yeah, well, just consumerism. Yeah, and, for sure. Um, it's easy to do. I think it's the, um, I guess the perpetual state of kind of our dissatisfaction with certain things. And so I think that 
to, to fill, fill that with to fill it. Yeah, you you purchase stuff. I'm totally guilty of it when I go out and I buy something new. I'm like, oh, look what I got, you know. Yeah, it's a small so, like endorphin rush. Totally, and it's it's, it's there. High. It's there for a minute, and then it kind yeah, of goes not. away, you know. So you need it again. <laughs> I would say we kind of. Um, we decided that when we were to start saving for this, there was going to be a lot of that that we had to sacrifice. We, a lot of financial sacrifices. A lot of financial. And, like, just, um, I guess, playing was out of the picture. <laughs> like, going to concerts or going to movies or going out with friends, going to bars, any of that. We kind of just had to give up doing. We kind of became hermits in our house <laughs> for a while. Um just working basically and saving and working and saving and working and saving. <laughs> yeah, it was it, a pretty, <clears throat> especially on a timeline where it's going to take years to do, it makes it difficult. It's not like yeah. you have something you're looking forward to that summer. It's like this, you know, X year in five years is when we plan to do this. It's a very daunting you know, length of time that, you know, it's going to be a while. Yeah, I remember I'm, I feel, I feel like I'm more impatient than you are. So I think there were several times where I was like, okay, let's just go. Okay, let's go. And then I know that it was, you know, certain things that were keeping us around. And I'm glad that we did leave when we did. But yeah, it's definitely hard to kind of just be patient and know that you're going at the right time. Know that you're going to have enough money to um, stay out there for a while and to make it happen. And to make it happen, yeah, for sure. And so <clears throat> for us, the system, you know, was definitely those. Um, I guess you could call them superficial uh, expenditures. We kind of had to sacrifice. So I would get cut cups of coffee like on a regular and I think a lot of my money went to that or going out to lunch with people or dinner or going out to the bars so I think a lot of that I um, just stopped doing I kind of had the thought every time I would have that be a temptation I would just say do I need this or I would think about the traveling that we were going to be able to do in those certain places and I I kind of weighed one to the other and it was always, no, I don't need that cup of coffee or no, I don't really need to go see that show or, you know, so. And then just saving up the money in designated little folders, you know, little envelopes that we labeled, okay, this is for the world trip. And we put however so much money from each paycheck or tips or whatever we were making into that folder. It does make it more motivating, too, is once you see the amount in that folder start to really grow and gain momentum and get to a, you know, a decent number, it's like, well, I'm really heading in the right direction. This this totally will happen. This can happen for sure. Yeah. And it's, um, yeah, I'd say the hardest part is at the beginning when just starting... But yeah, once you see that number start to grow and make momentum in that, it will coincide with the planning of when you want to go. And if everything stays on track, it can lead in that direction of, uh, you know, becoming a reality and uh, a 
making that dream come true. For sure. Um, and then, too, once you start getting closer and, you know, there's certain gear you need, you know, if you buy the backpack and, you know, the sleeping bag and all that, um, it also creates that excitement and uh, kind of a sense of realness that, you know, you're just one step closer to yeah to getting there. I think so. Yeah, I mean, that sort of um, necessary purchases also helps with uh, the drabness. Of yeah, and having that's, to wait to go. That's funny because I think that yeah. Whereas we were sacrificing other things, we were, um, other purchases, we were making those crucial purchases to, um, acquire, um, that gear for the trip. And Mm -hmm. I think that the backpack was a big one. Once we had gotten that, we're like, okay, yeah, this, you know, we've got basically our, our shell, our shell for our entire trip. And now we just have to fill it with what the things that we're going to need. And then, you know, once we start filling it and you start seeing, uh, your checklist starting to get more and more checked off and this and that, and that becomes more, more of a reality setting in where you're going, Oh shit, this is really going to happen. It's exciting. And it is. It's super exciting. And so you kind of have to, um, yeah, it was a lot to go through, I think, the buildup to actually leaving and um, the reality setting in to where you're going to be away from your friends and family for who knows how long. You know, it was kind of an undetermined amount of time. We knew it was going to be over a year, which was going to be tough, but we kind of let that... Um, that timeline be open like we were saying so it's it's hard to think about being away from your loved ones for so long and there's a whole range of emotions as far as excitement um for the journey uh trepidation for what's to come because it's basically just jumping into the unknown um especially with not knowing how to do that yeah it's it takes you know when when you go and do something like that, you don't know that side of you and how it's going to react or handle itself as far as taking care of yourself and um, just, you know, making sure that it's, I don't know, it sounds easy, but it's when it's in a different country and, you know, People don't speak the same language. Um, How are you going to communicate? How are you going to fend for yourself? Like, if you become, if you are in a dangerous situation, how are you going to behave? Like, how are you going to deal with that stress? Right. Um, um, The world's different out there than as far as our traveling has gone. Yeah. Prior to that big trip. Yeah, because we, I mean, we hadn't done a whole lot of traveling, to be honest, before we left for this trip. And it's mostly just road trips around the states, which is, you know, easy. Anyone can do. And I wouldn't even say around the states. We went to, like, the same corner in California on the coast and the then back. And that was, that was basically it. And then we had done one week down in Costa Rica, but that was like a guided tour thing that I took with, That's or different. that we took with a company. That's totally different. And then I had been to Mexico maybe like once or twice as a kid. 
and I'd only been to Australia a couple times, but again, it was with family. Everyone yeah. speaks English. Yeah, so. It's uh, definitely easier to travel than to get thrown into some country yeah. by yourself when you're on your own and, you know, reading menus at the restaurant or on at the train station yeah. is different, especially when, you know, we went, we didn't have phones. No, that's So true. it's, you know... There's like the necessariness of trying to find a place with Wi-Fi and communicating that. And it really takes a lot of energy to try to communicate with others initially in a different language through hand signals and gestures to try to use that as a form of communication when um, it takes a lot of focus. You know, it's very energy. Uh, yeah consuming i don't want to say consuming more um no it's it's it does get draining though i think that you're and it is a complete you're opening yourself up to be vulnerable because you don't know what the reaction is going to be you don't know how other cultures are going to act towards you when you're inexperienced you know when mm. you're like oh I've never done this before what you know how do I you're basically learning just like a kid every step of the way oh I need to find you were the one who taught me how to you know read train lines <laughs> how to yeah. how to find I remember that we in Paris and I was yeah. teaching you I was testing you actually it was like a quiz where it I would was, say okay yeah. If you were on your own, I'm not going to help you, but where do we need to go and where, what stop is it? Yeah, how to... Basically how to, teaching you how to ride the rails. Yeah, I had no idea. I have no experience with trains. I grew up in a town of like 3,000 people in a little mountain town in Colorado. And then my parents moved me out to Eagle, Idaho, which is another small little town. So literally had no experience with trains whatsoever, so... I remember that being a big thing. You kind of had the know-how of getting around with trains. I was like, I have no idea how to do this. Tell me. <laughs> so I think, yeah, it's just you basically are putting yourself in a position to be constantly learning how to do something new. And that's what I think excites me about travel is that anywhere you go, it doesn't matter if you're going back to a place that's you've been there before, you're going to learn something different because you're putting yourself in a place of it's different every day. Well, every that's, experience. That's is what makes new. it great too is yeah. even, you know, on the level or range of hardships as far as figuring out how to ride the trains or find a Wi-Fi hotspot to, you know, dealing with um, not sleeping and sharing with sandals all the time and sleeping in shitty beds and waking up at three in the morning to catch a bus, to catch another bus, to catch a ferry, to catch, you know, a plane, to, all yeah. that. And then mm -hmm. persevering is like you really have a sense of accomplishment that you persevered and you made it. And it's, yeah. you know, you can, you feel like you conquered something. Yeah. If not just, part of yourself for, um, you know, getting through it and as tough as certain things can be, you still make it out okay. Yeah, I think when you put yourself... Learn a lot about yourself. 
when you put yourself in some of those struggling situations, I feel like the more that you struggle or the more that you, uh, you yeah, the more hard that it is, the, the more you can grow from it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I feel like that whole trip really just changed who I was as a person because there were a lot of those hard times and a lot of learning about myself and about other places, other cultures, other people, about us as a couple. Traveling as a couple was something that we did not hear about ha- happening all that much. I think we had met like three other couples, three other couples. out At of least, the whole yeah. 18 months that we're doing this somewhat similar, but not even, you know, in the same sense as constantly traveling for 18 months. Right, always on the move mm-hmm. versus stopping to work or... yeah taking a break to go home for a wedding or to teach or whatever mm-hmm. to be um, without a break going strong and constant for that long. Yeah. In a single stretch. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was pretty, pretty crazy. But uh, yeah, I would say that the, the leading up to us taking off and I mean, purchasing the plane ticket was a big, big step. And yeah, I think, that was um, yeah. making an official date. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Because then you could, you know, you were telling everybody, okay, well, it's going to happen this date, and we're going to be leaving. Which so, was, what, six months before? Six yeah, months ahead? I think it was about six months before six we months left. Out, yeah. Roughly. Yeah. And then the telling, you know telling your work, all right, it's going to be here, you know, this is our quit date, so that was pretty big as well, and I think um, going through the house, we had a three-bedroom house that we had to basically eliminate all our shit, all our clutter, like get rid of it all and move back in with the parents for three months before we left. It was stressful, extreme downsizing. Yeah. Yeah, we got rid of, I don't even remember, I have a truck, and I lost count of how many truckloads of stuff we just got rid of and donated. Yeah. Because it was just too much. Yeah. You you know, versus having a garage sale, it's just like, you know, just get rid of it. Yeah, I didn't even want to Just make it easy. That. I don't even care anymore. Just yeah. get it out so we can have room to, you know, move back in with the folks and... Well, even though it was stressful, it was also very liberating, I felt like. Because there's so much much that we acquire over, you know, however many years and years over over a lifetime. And you really, you don't realize how much those items have a, they hold a space in you. Or they hold a weight, you know. It's just like, I don't even see this, but I know that it's there. And once it's gone, it's almost like just a relief, you know? I don't have to think about that. I don't have to worry about it. It's not there anymore, and I'm not attached to it. It's liberating. It is, for sure. And I think that once, you know, we kind of had gotten or downsized to that degree and then moved out of that house, you know, so we didn't even have the house to worry about at that point. Mm -hmm. And then just living with the parents having only what we needed to, you know, take off on this big journey, that was, 
that was quite the experience as far as like freedom from material things. Yeah. Big transition. Very, uh, yeah, just simplifying everything. Which was good. It was good. Yeah. And then. It's hard, but it was good. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think that then kind of the leading up to saying our goodbyes, that was, that was probably the hardest part, I think. Because that was pretty, uh, you knew that you were going to be missing out on stuff, you know. You knew that you were going to be not in your loved one's lives. Like, I mean, you keep in contact, obviously, but not to be directly in contact with them is really tough. I think that um, the goodbyes were pretty, pretty hard. So. Yeah. But it was, it was good. I think both of our families came to the airport and saw us off and you know we were able to give our big big sobbing hugs and uh goodbyes and then i think once we passed through that checkpoint the gate you know the security that was just us and then that was the the point in our return at that point (laughs) yeah boarding that plane and and heading out so the first flight was to Seattle and that was what two hours or something three maybe no, I don't even remember there's so many <laughs> flights on that trip that... I know but we're starting at the beginning yeah it's yeah it maybe a, an hour a couple hours and then hour we had two. a little layover in Seattle not long but then um from there we flew to Iceland Reykjavik mm-hmm. and that was you very quick transition of planes that's true but i was gonna say that that flight was probably one of the worst <laughs> that we had because we got we were ignored by the the service staff they skipped us on water on the snacks on everything and we weren't even like asleep it was just like we were this one little lane or aisle in the middle of the plane that they had gotten up to us and then they just jumped us and then kept going and we're like this is an eight hour or nine hour flight and we are thirsty you we know? didn't <laughs> even get water we didn't get water there wasn't a single meal no and like it you'd think that we could just like jump up and go bug them and stuff but i think that we were in there was one or two people uh blocking us so we were closest to the window and it was I can't remember what it was about that, but I was just like, just get us there. Let's go. And I was just ready to be in Paris. So, And we probably just didn't want to bug them, and we didn't have the confidence to be like, excuse me, what the hell, you know? Yeah. It was this whole kind of... There's a lot going on that kind of kept us frozen, I think. Yeah. I even felt that when we landed in the airport in Paris. We were scared i felt like we it was mostly like just well what do we do now i know but it, for me it was oh, scary it really you know you hear about things and hear stories but it's like once you're actually there it's like <laughs> yeah what uh how do we I do can't this read anything yeah. and i can't talk to people people yeah. and i you know i remember even once we got to the train station from the airport i'll 
habitually reached in my pocket to grab my phone. I was just like, oh, fuck, I don't even have my phone. Yeah. It was just a habitual, just really, uh, like, a eye-opening moment of this is... Real. This is... Yeah. Yeah. This is... Okay. Well, I think... What are you, you going to do, though? You can't just hang out. You gotta. No. You got to make decisions. You got to act. You got to... Well, and that's, a, that's what I'm saying. It's like, you can do this, 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 and that, and that's how you get around, but we didn't have the know-how. We didn't have the experience. No. So we were, <laughs> we were scared. We were just like, uh, oh, well, can we, you're saying we can't talk to people? Yeah, we could talk to people. Yeah, we did talk to people. Yeah, but that was the feeling. People. That was the feeling, that initial, like, I, oh, I just shit. mean, like, well, as they, far as, like, a language barrier. Exactly. Kind of yeah, no, totally. And I get what you're saying, but we didn't know. We yeah. were fresh. We were very, we were brand spanking new. And the funny thing was is that we sat probably in that little um, open-spaced seating area. In, of the train station. Uh, but it was, we didn't even know it was the train station because you took the little... Um, flat escalator what the hell do they call those I don't know. anyways we took human those conveyor belt. yeah the human conveyor belt through the airport out to this open area and we're going oh my gosh how do we get into the city how do we get there and we're sitting there and we're like trying to connect to wi-fi we're too scared to go talk to anybody about how to get to the train station and literally i think we turn around and we're like Oh my god, the train station's right there. And we're like, oh shit, okay. So then we like made our way to the ticket booth, and it was kind of scary, like, oh, do you speak English, <laughs> you know? And like, can we get to here? And so. You just, you're so out of your element. It's and so out of your element. The fact that we hadn't had water for so long, we'd been on a <laughs> plane food. for this long. Yeah. When we were flying, we literally saw the sun go down. And it hung stagnant at, like, sunset level. Yeah. Didn't go beyond that, but then started to rise again. Yeah, literally. There was no night. Not sleeping. No water. It never got dark, so we were just super tired, dehydrated, hungry, and in this whole new, you know, world. Mm Mm-hmm. Basically. So there was a lot to... As well as you're carrying this heavy pack, and there's just mm. a lot of factors that made it a yeah a very wow uh, totally you know yeah. moment. And I think that once we had finally figured out what train you know we were meant to be taking or how to get into the city center, we right. just decided to go. Oh, okay, where where is like the first place that we would want to go to? And I think we chose Notre Dame. So. And also, it was just one, it was in the center of the city, yeah. and it was a well-known place. Yeah. So it was, uh, I mean, we'd never been there before. It's our first time in Europe, but it, mm-hmm. in a sense, was familiar, just because yeah. you knew what it was. Yeah, yeah. Which helped. Yeah. And versus I'm... going to, uh, I don't know where this is, it's in the city somewhere, <laughs> but, yeah. we haven't... you know, you pop out and you see that, and you know... You can see the Eiffel Tower, and it's like, okay, well, I know that this is where we're at, at least. Yeah, exactly. So you have a sense of, you know, location, I guess. <laughs> we looked at a map. Landmark. Okay, there we go. Boop. We're going to go to Notre yeah. Dame. So. But I remember that um, that train ride was, that was a decent 
amount of time to get into the city center. It took and a I, I was almost falling asleep on that train ride because I was so exhausted. And I remember that there was a young boy. Do you remember him? Yes. How can I forget? <laughs> I don't know. But he was, um, his mom was right next to him in a stroller. Or <laughs> she wasn't. She was in the stroller and he was pushing her. That's exactly <laughs> no. right. <laughs> um, she had a stroller. And um, the kid was probably maybe like eight, seven. No. Like six or something. Okay, well, six. Oh. Um, but anyways, yeah. he kept looking at me and, like, making silly faces. And so I like kids, and I like kind of playing back with them and stuff, so I would do a silly face back at him. And then I remember he flipped me off. And I was like, well, fuck you. <laughs> I think I flipped him off back, so I was like, what the hell? And then he did the scariest thing that I've ever seen a kid do to me. And he goes... <sighs> Like that, across his neck with his one finger. And I'm going, what the fuck? <laughs> it was horror movie It's one of those things where... I had no idea what to do. If a child does this, it's the scariest thing in the world. Oh, my God. I mean, if a, a, a normal person would do it, I'd be like, that person's fucking crazy. But a little kid doing it to you? Like, do you, do you even like, understand the concept of this motion? <laughs> yeah, where did you learn that? That is frightening. And why are you doing and it? And why are you doing it to me? Like, I need to get off this train <laughs> immediately. I can't remember what I did after that, because I just, like, burned a scar into my brain. Yeah. It was scary. But that was, I mean, I look back at it now and I just kind of laugh because of all the other shit that we've seen. It's not that bad. But it was like at that moment in time that was like fresh on the train right when we're heading into this big city we've never been to and I'm tired. And I'm about to fall asleep. Like, and this kid's like, I'm going to kill you or you're going to die by beheading. And I'm like, oh. Holy shit, what have we gotten ourselves into? What is Europe? <laughs> yeah, and his mom's just like standing next to him with the baby well, in the stroller. She didn't know, which is fine, but. Which, yeah. Yeah, it was weird. But yeah, I think that really it set, because even at that point, I was like, oh my god, this is weird, this is crazy. But I don't think it actually set in that we were in Europe until we walked outside of that. Um, so the, the train drops you off, obviously, it's underground, and it drops you off, and you walk up this tunnel, these stairs um, through this tunnel to get out to right in front of uh, Notre Dame. And I think that once we literally, like, saw the light of the city and, like, walked out of those, out of those steps, that stairway, into the city center, I was like... I am sure I looked like a tourist, <laughs> so, like, dumbstruck by how crazy and bustling it all was. Because even though I had been to big cities before, a few of them, um, this was something else because it was Europe and there was the history of it. And then just, like, the melting pot of it, how many different languages were being spoken, how many people there were just in volume like sheer volume because we popped out right in front of a major landmark mm -hmm. and so and the massiveness of how big Notre Dame was 
because you see it in photos, but nothing compares to seeing that stuff in real life. Yeah, no it's idea. one of those things where it never does it justice unless you're actually no. there. Uh-uh. Yeah. Um, I remember yeah. trying to take a photo of you with it in the frame, and that was a struggle because it was so tall. And, like, we, we were at the base of it, and I'm just like, how do I get you completely in frame? That's hard. Yeah. But that was pretty pretty amazing. I would say that that moment is definitely one of the times that stands out you know walking up those steps into yeah. a whole realm of travel yeah new world i think that's all we wanted to say on this podcast isn't it is that number one <laughs> i guess so felt pretty good though yeah touchdown Cool. Um, so that is our first podcast, and we want to do many more to come, just kind of following from where we left off. So, yeah, I think we have uh, 18 and a half months worth of content. <laughs> that, which, uh, that was day one. <laughs> we, <laughs> we definitely found our groove, yeah, eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, over four continents and close to 30 countries, so yeah, we walked. We definitely acquired tips, tricks, and have tons of advice, which we'll get to um, as we plow through our journey. Yeah. Kind of start to finish. Um, that was just the beginning, so. Um, I'd say you want to mention just a couple little highlights? Of what's next or what? No, just like what we did. We could say we walked the Camino, oh. the Camino de Santiago. Two um, different routes. Two different routes. Um, we went to England, Ireland. Had some great experiences there. Um, it basically was like five months-ish in Europe before we made our way to Southeast Asia for four and a half months. Yeah. Made our way to Australia for two months. Mm Mm-hmm. Over to Africa then for... Six weeks. Six weeks, I think. And then back up into Europe for another five months. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, 18 and a half months all all in all. Yeah. Um, Yeah, what we talked about now is basically the pre-trip situation and then the first I think we were in Paris for two weeks yeah two weeks two weeks mm-hmm. yeah what were, I was trying to think because there's snorkeling or scuba diving at the Great Barrier Reef there's swimming with sharks uh, great white sharks in Africa we went on a safari in Zimbabwe we uh, yeah, there's just a ton of stuff that we want to talk about, and it feels like, you know, when you do come home from that big of a, an adventure, you want to talk to people about it, but it's, it's kind of hard to do so, and you don't have that amount of time to just sit somebody down and be like, hey, do you have, like, 
five or six days where I could just talk to you for 24 hours of them and tell you about this entire, and they'd be like, uh, hell no, I don't want to do that. I wouldn't even want to do that. No. No. But for us, it's like, we want to, we want to tell people about our journey. We want to talk about it. And as well as give advice and, um, for sure. Kind of in a sense of what to expect slightly and maybe some advice. Yeah. Um, or just try to inspire people to want to get out there and travel because yeah. honestly, even though we're going to be telling you, um, you know, certain stories that they might have been scary at the time, like it's not that scary of a world out there. So I think that the more that you hear about our experiences, I think that maybe the more comfortable you might become with traveling in general and maybe getting out there yourself so we hope to inspire you know people to do the same not the exact same but it'll never even if we tried to redo it it wouldn't be no it would never be the same but yeah so that is our show thanks for listening thanks so much guys till next time yeah we'll talk to you later how do i shut this up and end. All right, guys, that was our first ever podcast with Beans Talk, and we thank you for joining us. I want to say that it is only going to get better from here on out. We do realize after going back and listening to it, there were quite a few throat clears and possibly some burps that I had to edit out, but we do appreciate your patience and we want to ensure you that the quality is only going to get better, the stories are only going to get better, and honestly this is quite the journey and we're super excited to tell everybody about our travels and what we learned from them and hope to inspire some of you to get out there and see some of this beautiful world yourself. So If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us some feedback, either through our Facebook or uh, we are going to get our YouTube channel up and going here pretty soon. Um, We also have the website, trailofbeans.com. You can check that out. And yeah, there's just a ton of ways for you to get in touch with us. We do accept emails, which is trailofbeans at gmail.com. We would really like to hear some of your guys' feedback and yeah we are super excited to be doing this and hope that you are excited to hear about it so i just want to wish you all a great day and let you know that there are going to be more episodes to come so uh sit tight and enjoy the ride all right see you guys bye